Welcome to the Pineapple Kendama Podcast. Over here, we talk about building the brand of pineapple as well as everything Kendama related. We hope to give you the tips and tools that you need to become a better Kendama player through great conversations and meaningful interviews. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Pineapple Cast. I'm really excited to have this week's guest, um, professional yo-yo player for One Drop, entrepreneur and Kendama enthusiast. Mark Montgomery, dude, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too, man. I mean, we've been like internet friends, I guess, for a while, but we haven't had the opportunity to really like talk since. So yeah, yeah, I remember reaching out, being you know, when I first started Mark Mont Shop, and you're like, oh, I like how these kendamas look. Well, before I even had started playing, and you know, I wanted to bring some to the shop just based off of the aesthetics, and then I, you know, kind of doubled back about a year and a half later, and was like. Oh snap! I already talked with Pineapple. Like I'm like <laughs> yeah. having like gotten into Kendama and then using your products after the fact. It was it was interesting to kind of double back around. Like oh, <laughs> this <Yeah>. gentleman, <laughs> like awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean the yo-yo and the Kendama community are so close that you know it, between competitions or online, it's so easy to like bump into one another. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, I just want to get things kicked off for everyone that might not know who you are already, and just if you want to go through when. You started yo-yoing and your kind of journey of how you got into that. Yeah. So basically in 1996, um, I had a chance to go to a really awesome school up in Western Massachusetts called Eagle Brook. Shout out to EBS. And um, fun fact, it's two towns over from another small town called Northampton, which just so happens to be one of the most dominant yo-yo capitals of the U.S., so there was this very odd convergence of timing um, because I, I picked up a cheap plastic yo-yo on my way to the school and um, I just wanted to learn the basics, you know, gravity pull, sleeper, walk the dog. But around that time, Yo Mega came out with their, you know, their campaign for their yo-yos at the time. And there was a big boom that happened and it just kind of really sparked my attention. Um, I found out about A to Z Science and Learning in Northampton, which is a awesome toy store now owned by... Uh, Andre Boulet, yo-yo expert, and um, the owner at the time, Jack Finn, um, he eventually would educate me further. But in 96, you know, I, I go into this really awesome toy store and they have all these amazing toys, but this the most expansive yo-yo collection I've ever seen. And, um, you know, from from that point of just sheer optics, I was like, I, I got to try this. I got to take this a little bit further, you know, between that convergence of, you know, just seeing all the yo-yos plus seeing the commercials that Yomega was producing. Shout out to Matt Rose. Um, I just decided to just keep going with it as I kept learning tricks and, you know, bought a few, you know, yo-yos that the store had. Um, then from there, I pretty much, you know, started just to try to just do it, but I started messing up a lot too. <laughs> and, you know, on responsive yo-yos, it'll snap back, hit you in the knuckles, it starts to hurt. You know, if you're a kid, you might not want to, you know, keep on going. So I took a little bit of a break um, sometime around 97. But then my dorm advisor, ironically, was a ex-clown in the Ringling Brothers. And he, um, he had an awesome yo-yo collection at his doorway entry to his, uh, to his apartment. And, you know, eventually I decided to ask him if he knew Split the Atom, which was pretty much the last trick that I had stopped with in uh, 97 and he did. So he taught me that trick and that really kind of like started it back up. Um, I graduated from Eagle Brook in 2000 in the summer, pretty much like May, June. And um, my mom as a, as, a, as a gift decided to give me a yo-yo from A to Z Science as we were driving back uh, to Boston. And um, I picked up a Viper <laughs> um, and Jack, uh, this time I had a chance to actually talk with him. 
he told me about Yomega's World Contest happening that summer, as well as a little bit about the yo-yo community. And um, I went home, got online, found out about yoyoing.com slash news. Shout out to Greg Cohen, Infinite Illusions. Um, and uh, I just kind of just threw myself into it, found out about all the videos that were around, found out about Spindox, Glass Lab, uh, Extreme Spin, just the whole variety of the uh, diaspora of yo-yo. And I just uh, decided to keep going from that point forward. So you said in 2000, there was already a pretty large internet scene going on with yo-yoing at that time then? Yeah, it wasn't nearly as big as it is now by any means, but yes, there was there was enough uh pro you know, enough enough players and enough uh prominent and prevalent players for to make a, a monumental impact. Um, you know, Spindox had already been meeting up and um ultimately, you know, Gary Longoria, Paul Escalar, and a few other players, you know, Bill de Bois Blanc, David Capurro, uh, Gabriel Lozano, Citadel, um, all of them were meeting up to jam and and Gabe. Uh, was filming these videos to produce Spindox clip videos. And um, they were just awesome. And that's pretty much what fueled a lot of the yo-yo community back then was the form plus a few juggernaut players that decided, I'm going to record this and put this out. And Gabe was definitely one of the biggest, uh, you know, one of the biggest proponents in that, in that era. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a small, it was, it was about mm, you know, like three, maybe three, 400 people uh, across the world or so, if I, if I had to take a guess. Um, it had died down since the boom a bit, but ultimately there was still there was still a good handful of players really trying to push the envelope and take it to the next level. I think when I think when Paul Escalar, Gary, and a few other players started to kind of throw in their extra dimensionality to the whole thing is really what made it kind of take off. Because before that, you know, we were kind of we got up to a point of like you know triple triple or nothing, uh, you know, split the atom, advance with the atom, brain twister combos, looping combos, of course, stuff like that. But once Paul Escalar stepped into the scene and a few other players, there was this entirely new dimensions. You know, you insert that thumb for a kamikaze mount, you know, or, you know, you do a, a tension, you know, a tension gap fill of the string in White Buddha. You just, there's just these things <laughs> that were coming out that were just not, that were just very non-existent. And um, yeah, it, it only took a few players to really kind of, you know, tie in their ability and their just kind of prowess for everything to just completely change from that point forward. And that time, it was mainly like YouTube videos that were just sharing concepts throughout the community. Not even. We didn't Not even YouTube. have YouTube. There was no YouTube. No YouTube. This was back in, you know, 28 to 56K modem. You know, you're lucky if the video saves to your computer while you leave it downloading all night. And if uh, also, yes, you got to make sure nobody picks up the phone, you know. So it was very much, it was very raw. You know, people would throw the videos up you know, however they were hosted, and then you would have to download them. Um, that was, that was how you did it. <laughs> you know, you, you had to download. Yeah, it, it, that's crazy to think because you're talking in like the two early, early 2000s. And Kanama is so young in that, like in the grand scheme of things. But there are some similarities there. And obviously, Kanama used YouTube because it's convenient, but like just sharing elements that people were just sparking off of each other. So along that journey of just like taking in all that content, when did you start to like really take it serious and being like, okay, I feel like I want to compete in this? I would say, I would say it was 2000 and 2000, you know, I had to convince my mom to let me jump on the, uh, the Bonanza bus uh, and go straight to uh, Rhode Island for a couple days. Um, I went back and forth. I didn't, I didn't stay the night, but, um, but yeah, she, she let me go back and forth to Omega worlds that happened that summer. And um, I had a little notepad. And every time I learned a trick or a combo, I would write it down so I didn't forget. And there was, there was definitely other tricks uh, that I hadn't been able to learn from watching the videos. And that was pretty much 
that was pretty much pretty pretty standard. Like there was there was always going to be a chunk of tricks that you just could not learn from the videos, um, or is this too difficult that you would have to learn in person at like a contest or find a player that knew? That was pretty much how you got you know those those tricks under your belt. It's very much like kung fu in that way, right? Like you have to go train with that dojo if you want to learn <laughs> that technique. It was very much that. But um, but yeah, I I, I went to I went to Y three Worlds that summer. And I met Rick Wyatt, Doc Pop, Brett Uchkunis, and they kind of all just took me under their wing like immediately. And that's that kind of camaraderie that just really made such a large impact to me. Because to me, these were like juggernauts. You know, Rick Wyatt had the world sleep record. It was like over 10 minutes or something crazy. You know, Doc Pop, you know, he was he had a few videos out with like Glass Lab, his own videos, really awesome stuff. He had some really kind of yeah, he had some really steezy, flowy things back then, still now, obviously. Um, but like yeah, just to, and then and then Uch, you know, he became more or less my, you know, more or less my coach slash mentor, you know, slash friend. And, um, you know, just watching him perform and hold down a stage is very much what impacted how it is that I choose to, you know, be an MC when I, you know, when I get gigs and whatnot. Um, I later went on to do some performances with him where I really got a chance to kind of really learn from the master. Um, but yeah, I would say two thousand summer of 2000 is when I definitely started taking it very serious. Oh, and I was not just great out the gate, please believe. I got, I got like second to last place in the second to lowest ladder. So uh, yeah, that's, you know, know, know that. I'm not a, just a raw, talented person. It came with hours. Like I, I use more or less all my free time as my job, you know, to be able to, you know, get good. Um, but I enjoyed it so much that I wasn't so so concerned about like being trash in the early in the early days i just wanted to learn <laughs> and really the level compared to where it is now and canon players talk about this all the time it's like nowhere near back then like the best trick like you were saying was like triple or nothing and compared to how kids getting into it now and i'm sure you're aware like level up so much faster because the like the ceiling's so much higher yeah you know it's hard it's hard to distill that comparison right i will say that Kids get, kids these days get darn good, darn fast based on how much content and how much technology is in these yo-yos these days, especially with the tutorials. You got 4K footage, slowdown, multi-angles, all this jazz. You know what I'm saying? Like, kids get nice. You know, shout out to Zach Finch. He got nice in less than a year. You know, like, he was Kandama before, you know, I, I brought him on to Mark Mont Rep, and then he decided to switch over to Yo-Yo for, for his own reasons, and he just kind of just went, and, and, and it's like, that didn't happen like that. It happened with a few people back then like that, but, like, just, just to see his speed of, of just kind of, just kind of, like, just, like, ability increasing, that's a really hardcore good case study of, like, how fast you can go when it comes to these days. I would say between like 99 to 2000, you know, triple or nothing, you know, brain twister combos, uh, split the atom to Paul Escalar, you know what I mean? That was a monster of a jump. So it's kind of, you know what I mean? It's like, I have to always double back to that because you have to understand there's a big difference between triple or nothing and kamikaze, like, and, and hitchhiker and suicide and, Man, there's it's he brought literally a whole nother dimension to the plane of what we had. So know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a one to, you can't really compare it as a one to one. But yes, people do get very good very fast these days. There's kids that can do stuff I can't even do. Like straight up, straight well, up. Well, do you do you think that with just like all the content being thrown at new players, there's sometimes not getting the 
like the you have to walk before you can run. Yes. Yes. And it's why I have a lot of respect for you and, uh, and, and the fact that you're going about it in the linear path to success. Um, it's not to say, you know, it's not to say that you have to do it this way. You have to do it that way, you know, but ultimately I and a variety of other players, we did it a certain way and we know what we got out of that. We know what we enjoyed out of that. We know what we got out of that from a flow standpoint, from a chops standpoint, from an element standpoint. Like we know the macros of if you do it this happy path, you will have this amount of awesomeness, you know, at your disposal. And you won't have this challenge, that challenge, that challenge. You know what I mean? And, you know, ultimately, yeah, I do think that there's a massive gap in what that happy path to success is. I try my best to let people know, like, oh, hey, go check out SectorWise archive page and just literally go in order. It's in order by the year, uh, you know, and it's in order by, you know, the release and creation of the trick and combo. And you see the freestyles in order to see what led to what led to what. When you have that foundation, it makes it a lot easier to build upon itself. Or, you know, it just makes it easier for you to build your next trick, you know, upon the next one. Um, you can definitely skip. People skip all over the place. But I do believe that if you go in a certain order and you kind of set your yo's up a certain way, you can kind of get a, a certain experience that's, you know, on some like Zelda 1 type thing. You know what I mean? It's like, sure, you can play the most amazing game with the craziest graphics in the, in the most high res of screen now but it's like if you leapfrog over all the like you know nintendo super nintendo genesis if you just skip all those side scrollers and all those og rpgs you're not quite getting the same hit you know what i'm saying and that, yeah. that's that's how i feel about it uh but again you know definitely you know just have fun you know do it how you want to but uh but also yes yes i i do think that there's a lot of players that are choosing to just skip on a lot of really hardcore awesome things and awesome uh just enablements that you can get from doing it in a certain order yeah and i think and i absolutely agree because kendong is the same way just because there's so many more difficult tricks but you might have not spent months and months just doing cups to spike like the rest of us when we were learning them as they came out and yeah. I, I common like john mayer and i think all creative hobbies have some similarities but he talks about how you can play his song gravity and you'd have a really good understanding of the song, but that doesn't mean you have a good understanding of the guitar. So like for me, I've been working with you to get better at yo-yoing. And I was like, I don't want to like be, do some flashy tricks. I want to have a good understanding of yo-yo and how to do it. Um, and I think anyone who's listening that plays Gnama as well, the exact same goes. Because if you can do like triple lighthouse flip, but aren't consistent at cup to spike, like that's the foundation that you really need. <laughs> yeah, uh, on the Kandama side, there's nothing worse than, than like nailing the whole trick and missing the spike. That is like the most trash feeling, right? It's just the worst. It's just the worst. So yeah, I, I, I agree. Fundamentals are key. And it's, it's definitely why I stayed on spikes and, and knees. <laughs> you know, shout out mm -hmm. to Dave Mateo. Um, you know, I, I, I agree. Like I stayed on the fundamentals as much as possible to clean those up. You know, because I knew that it would help me out in the long run, just like with the other. Yeah. So, yeah. You find different much. scenarios that you wouldn't find yourself in otherwise. And then when it comes to needing to know those, you already have it down. Because, I mean, yeah, I know man. so many kids at competitions who can do, like, quad tap, but, like, can't just do pull-up to lighthouse or something, you know? And it's just there's tricks <laughs> out of random. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's, but, that's I mean, crazy. They get into it and like a couple months in, they've already seen like these awesome videos of people doing that. So sounds yeah. the same as you doing pretty much. But so yeah. going back to, um, so how long have you in total then been yo-yoing if you had a couple of years? 
if I added up all this, so yeah, 1996 to now, you help, you can help me with the math on that. But yeah, <laughs> 96 to now, you know, obviously there's some, some, you know, there's some college in there. Like I said, from 96 to, or sorry, from 97 to 2000, I wasn't doing it as much, but mm -hmm. you know, literally started in 96 um, and have done it to now. And honestly, I want to call attention to one thing, like in 2017, that's when I said, I'm going to be trash again. You know what I mean? I decided that I wanted to get better. And sometimes that's hard. You know, you do it for, you do it for two, three years. You might think you're so good, or you might think that you might, you might've got a title. Shoot. You might even got a world title in three years. If you, if you really put your, put your head down and focus, but ultimately I think with any skill toy craft, you feel it in your gut, how you truly stack up to your peers. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like regardless of any, any titles or any accolades or anybody's kind of respect and admiration for me, I knew how I personally felt about my ability, you know, with, with my friends to the legends that I saw, you know, Paul Escalar, Jason Lee, Yuki Spencer, Jesse Garcia, like the, the list, the list goes on. Right. Um, and when it came to like 2017 forward, like I wanted to be able to jam for like 45 minutes straight without repeating tricks like Yuki could do, you know what I mean? And I wanted to be able to just be able to fully improvise um, like my buddy, uh, D'Anthony Parks, awesome, phenomenal electronic musician, um, and Daedalus, who I have had a chance to have some conversations with. D'Anthony Parks and Daedalus. D'Anthony Parks performs his tracks live. Like, I've watched him make his album quality tracks just improvise, just jam, boom, 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 okay. He plays a, he plays a, he plays a beat machine, and he plays um, a, a stripped-down percussion set, a drum set. And he does both of these like live to produce his tracks. Daedalus plays a you know a mono, which is a bunch of buttons <laughs> that are spliced up with with you know with with audio software to be able to produce chopped up music, and it's amazing. And pretty much anytime he performs live, it's it's all improvised. And to me, it's at the same like level of pedigree of like quality album quality out the gate. Mm -hmm. So when I got privy to this, having talked with both of these two gentlemen. Um, and then just my optics in the yo-yo game and knowing kind of where I stacked up with other yo-yo legends, I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be yet. Like, I've, I've done some tricks, you know, I've done some things, put out some videos, put out some yo-yos. That's cool. That's cute, right? But the craftsman in me was like, nah, it's just not quite enough yet. So, like, 2017, I was like, nah, I'm going to try to just fully improvise. And that was, like, the start of the beginning, for the new beginning, if you will. So, and that was about, I think, somewhere in the range of what, like 21, 23 years in. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just something that I definitely call attention to because I think a lot of people think there's kind of a ceiling to hit, right? Like, oh, I got this good. I'm good. I'm nice. I'm nice like that. I can say yeah. this. I can say that. You're doing this wrong. It's like, no, 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 no. Put that at bay. Put that at bay. Like, there's always another level to get to. There's another level to get to next week. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's a lot more about just continuing to go. And honestly, the motto of, you know, the, 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 the magnum opus kind of style that I've, that I've tried to coin fully freestyle is, is to keep going, right? If you keep going, you're going to get better. You're going to get a lot better. You, you know, you just, got to, you just got to keep going. So it's not so much about the years as much as, as it is about just continuing to go and continue to be real with yourself, right? Track on your gut, your gut instinct, right? Are you, are, is, is that hitting or not? Like, be, ain't nobody else going to be as real with you as you with yourself, you know? So be real with yourself. So, yeah, 96 to now, but 2017 forward is, I feel like that's much, a much more like, like that's more the, the guts of it all for They're me. Really yeah, yeah. And like I totally mean like know what you mean when there's how your tricks look 
and then there's how you feel with the tricks you're producing and getting those two to line up like can take forever it took years and years to get those yeah. where you just pick it up and you're like i know that was like it felt good and i know it looked good you know it, and it I, i'm sure after 20 years you still feel like there's so much you can do to get closer to that yeah man there's there's the islands, the atmospheres, you know, the, the galaxies of where you can go with, with your elements and, and with, with everything, whether it's the string length, you know, whether it's the string length giving you literally more density to put into your tricks or it's, you know, you have that much more tactile control because you're using that string. Shout out Mark Mar Formulas, you know what I mean? And you can feel things just a little bit more different, right? I think one thing to call attention to, right, is in this day and age with, with, with the internet and speed, everybody's really quick to talk trash, right? You can't be distracted by that, you know? Just because you feel good about it don't mean they gonna rock with it, right? So that's another big part of the challenge when it comes to continuing to go. The, the keep going is, is how, do you, how do you make yourself you know, go further and not be also distracted by those that might try to steer you in a different direction, right? Like you could be working on something and you know it's not quite your A grade yet, but if you listen to the wrong person in your ear, you know, or critics or posts or comments or whatever, that can really push you off course um, and just try not to let that happen. Like just go with how you feel about it. Like make it look good to you. Sit in that front, you know, sit in the mirror, make it look good to you, you know, record it, see if that looks good on screen, right? How's it feel? Right? How's it feel? That's first and foremost. How's it feel? Yeah. Right? It's like it don't need to look good. It needs to feel good first. That yeah. feely feel, that feely good feel, that will eventually kind of smooth itself out into something that looks fresh. And it only really needs to look good to you. So just don't worry about people's opinions and all that jazz. You know, it's gonna hurt. Don't get me wrong. It hurts. It hurts yeah. when people talk trash about you know fully free style. I'm not gonna go front. Everybody knows that. I'm a, I'm very vocal about it. But ultimately, it's it's a lesson. It's a case. It's a living case study that other people can use as an example for how they go about doing what they do. If cats can talk trash about me 20, 21, 24 years in the game, the best way they can talk trash about you. So, and if I can keep going and miss all the trash, then you should be able to keep going too. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And if it feels good, like it doesn't really matter how it looks. And if, if everyone loves it, you might be playing it too safe. Yeah. You always push yourself to do something outside of the box everyone's looking at. Yeah. Yeah. And that can stifle you too, right? Props, props can very much stifle you. They can make you have a displaced perspective on how good you are or like how, how good you can get, right? Certain players get, I mean, in all, in all crafts, right? Certain players get incredibly good. Certain players are talented. Certain players get incredibly good, get accolades, get titles, get sponsorships and all that jazz, super praise, you know, they, they might get that in year one, year two, year three. And it can, it can have a really mean way of stifling your, your creativity and that push to continue to progress. Um, so yeah, that's another thing definitely worth noting in all yeah. mediums. Absolutely, and you just have to stay in your own lane that way. Because I mean, most people it is recently kind of picking up, starting to take yo-yoing more serious. No one really knows that I yo-yoed before I even knew what Kendama was. Mm. And now I'm getting comments like, oh, dope, I'm glad you started to pick up yo-yo. And it's like, I've been, I've been doing this for a while, but you got to like stick in my own lane because I know I'm at like the beginning of my, my journey now or what I like, the player I would like to be. Yeah. So through all these about a little over 20 years, what really has kept you motivated through this whole time? Or have you had kind of low moments where you weren't as amped up as you are right now? Um, I would say... I would say intentionality and really paying attention to 
those OG kid vibes and those that kind of that kind of Ten Commandments of of, of intention way back in the day. Like I got into yoing because I wanted to learn a couple tricks. I learned a couple tricks and I said, "Yo, that's tight. Look at that little object spinning." Toys aren't supposed to be able to do that. And I'm making it do that. You know what I mean? That's a big, for me, in 96, that was everything. It felt like magic. It felt like <laughs> magic. You know what I mean? And, you know, as I just continued to play, and it, it, it was just all about the fun and the tricks, right? And the flow and the style, especially, yo, two, summer of 2000, you know, like seeing that Spindox video, I forget which one it was. Definitely check this out. It was like three or four tricks in. Gary Longoria bust out this mean brain twister combo. It was it was over. It was over. After that, the, the, the rest is history. The rest is history. I was like, Mom, you got to see this. Actual speed. I'm like, Man, I hope not. And it, and it was it was definitely actual speed. Um, but, you know, it's like, that feeling of seeing a dope trick, especially when it's captured right, again, shout out to Gabe, like, that makes a monster of a deal. Uh, Brian, of uh, Glass Eye, um, he filmed, he filmed uh, DXL crew, shout out DXL Worldwide, and, you know, Jason Lee was in a lot of his videos, and the way he was able to capture Jason's tricks, granted, anybody filming Jason Lee tricks, it's gonna look fire, but... You know, you bring Glass Eye to the mix with his with his with his audio accompaniment and his shots and just the vibe that he made with these clip videos. It was it was a whole thing, right? We didn't we didn't have so many distractions like we have now. There wasn't so much content. There was only so many top juggernaut players producing tricks month after month, year after year. And it might only be a few tricks in the year. So these were like you gotta you know these gotta get them like hot off the press. You know what I mean? Right out <laughs> the oven. And, um, you know, just taking the time to, to, like, hold the space bar, slow down the video, and try to look and try to learn. That whole, the, the whole thing of it is really what keeps me going, right? I, I enjoy, I enjoyed all that. And as, as the years went on, I continued to just enjoy that that much more until I started to make my own tricks and felt what that felt like. And I think, I think as long as, like, for me, it, it was a matter of just continuing to create and continuing to you know, track on getting nice, right? I was like, I always felt like I got to a certain point for like up, maybe up until like, you know, like 2000, like after the world, I got a world title in 2003. And I was like, that was like a sandwiched instance of time. And then it was like from 03 forward. And I think there should be a conversation to be had with a lot of people that, that place, because a lot of times what can happen at a world level is you get a title and you win and it's like, well, shoot, what do I do next? You don't necessarily, you don't say like you're the best or anything, but you do have that internal, shoot, what do I do next? You know, and trying to push past that into the next, you know, the next instance of your own style or of your own tricks or whatever it is, that's hard. That's very hard. You know, it's, it's, it's a very hard thing. And I think, you know, I think it was like from 03 forward, it was very much a matter of just like, I would say up until like middle of college, I was like, all right, I need to keep competing. I was like, if I don't compete, then it's going to, I'm, I'm going to, my, my chops are going to dry out, right? I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it as much. So I kept competing until I just did not have the time capacity to do it. And then once I kind of fizzled away from competing, I still stayed involved in the community because like the community has like some of my best friends, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's, I think it's the intentionality that kept me going with it, right? Staying, always being mindful of 
hey, if you don't, if you if you step all the way out, it's gonna be hard. To, it's gonna be harder to come back in, or you might, you know, fall too far behind, or whatever. You know, I always tried to remain mindful of you know my own my own presence in the community and what it was that I was getting out of it as well. So you know, from time like in the years where I wasn't competing, like after college, like I would say anywhere from like 07 forward. Um, it was very much a matter of just making sure to try to create something, even if it's just the element, right? I did a series of clips called roughs and they were just little pieces. And it was, it was just those like little pieces that really kind of got me and got my engine kind of moving in a different direction until it picked up some speed where I was like, wait a sec, that's different. You know what I mean? Like, that's different. Can I lean into that? You know, um, I think really leaning into your own stuff is, is what can keep you going. If you make your interest and your kind of motivation about the people and your friends and all that, they might waver. Shoot, you might have friends that just step way off the map. I have, I've got at least 200 friends from multiple different eras that don't even do it anymore. You know, the whole game might change and you might not even like the way that the contests are being run or being scored. There's any number of variables and I don't, I don't want to be swayed by that. So, and I don't want nobody to be swayed by that. So it's like, I recommend... You know, try to figure out what it is for you that keeps you involved. For me, it was just making sure to try to remain, you know, relevant in the community and still add into the community with some tricks, with some comments, with some, oh, hey, y'all ain't focusing on the right tricks. Please learn these tricks. You know what I mean? Y'all are focused on these, you know, super stabilizing bearings and, and whatnot. That's cool. That helps. That you're like, yes, I've used those. But also, yes, use this bearing and use this response because it'll, it'll, it'll help you out with your tactile feel and it's like, just do it like you know do your stuff you know try to track on your own tricks even if it's every now and again and try to stay involved in the community you know be friends with people talk to people about other things outside of the craft right i have a whole facebook group that's specifically for that the non yo-yo bst right no yo-yo talk no yo-yo sales no yo-yo trades you can only sell and talk and trade about things outside of that because i want people to get to know each other right life's just too short Life's just too short. And ultimately, when you're in a craft, you get a chance to connect with people that understand and can relate to you in a way that other people just can't, right? And that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a monumental thing. It's just a monumental thing. And um, yeah, man, I think, um, yeah, that's what I got. That's a really long version of that, of that <laughs> uh, a really long answer to that question. But uh, yeah, I think for me, it was just trying to remain relevant. <laughs> you know, like I, I do care about my representation in the community. Um, and I do care about the community. So trying to tie back to the community. And I care about my own ability as, you know, uh, as a craftsman. So just trying to just continue to push myself to make more elements, more tricks, et cetera, you know, and not just get too, you know, not fall into the old head bag of things, you know? So, yeah, yeah that's... And I think yeah. it's important how you said that you rely on yourself to keep pushing yourself. Because if you're relying on, like, something external... And say if it's like this company is putting out YouTube videos and they decide to stop, does that mean like you're not going to be motivated anymore? And you really need to be independent in that because like you said, people come and go. There's people that used to be like headliners at Kinama events that like don't play at all or don't even have Instagram that people know of anymore. So yeah. you have to find that in yourself. And when you do, that's when you're really dangerous and you can really start pushing yourself further and further. Yeah, yeah. On top of that, like... The world is, is for real your oyster, as, 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 as cliche as that sounds. You can do whatever you want. You can, the, if you don't like how the community is, you can impact that. If you, if you put the pedal to the metal, 
You know what I mean? You can, you know, if you want to have a brand and try to make a little bit of money for what you do within the community so that you can truly do it more. You know what I mean? That is doable. It's just, it's anything and everything that you want it to be. There's all kinds of opportunity that live within any, with any, with any craft. Um, you know, shout out to Mickey. Mickey got it young. Mickey was smart, young, right? Like, People, we didn't have the opportunity to make our own yo-yos, you know, that is, as, as easily as we do now, um, let alone have a brand or know anything about graphic design or marketing or advertising or just none of that jazz. Getting up a website? If you, all right, good luck. You know what I mean? There's any, there's any number of parameters in the way. Mickey, at a very young age, decided to go into that direction. Another player would be like Kentaro. Um, certain young players just said, you know what? I'm going to just do this. You know what I mean? I want to I wanna try to make a brand. I want to try to make my own yo-yos. I want to try to do this thing, right? It could, it could just be a club in your, in your town. It could be trying to collect a bunch of free yo-yos from players to be able to gift to other persons because you want to spread the yo-yo, the yo-yo gospel, right? It's, it's literally up to you, right? I think uh, uh, before, before Zach Gormley got the world title, I was a big Zach fan, right? Zach will tell you, I, I hope. <laughs> I don't know if I was expressive enough, but I always, every, anytime he would show me tricks at a contest, it was just like silence and disgust. Silence and disgust, head nod for me, just like, man, get away from me, just nasty, right? And I was just like, man, I don't feel like enough people are seeing Zach. There was a lot of players I felt like weren't getting the, the true props, you know, that, that, I thought, um, that I thought made sense and that matched. So, you know, I took some days at World Yoga Contest, filmed, you know, about, every day you know because i was just trying to get the lighting right but when it was all said and done i had enough footage to slap together what i thought was a pretty cool video that the community you know took to very well and it really uh it really kind of reshifted the focus of like oh okay now i see this is what mark thinks of zach's tricks because these are the tricks that he put in this video right and it was like that that made a difference you know whether it was minor or major it made a difference and everybody can make a difference in the community that they're in you know, that's a that's a that's a big one. You know, Mark Mart rep specifically exists to put other players across all mediums on, you know, on the map. Right. And, and it's like it's sometimes it's not enough just to be good. You know, I know I know plenty of players that are inc phenomenal, phenomenal, super low follow count. And I'm just like, what? No <laughs> one's following this. You know what I mean? And and ultimately it's like, yeah, it's 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 just up to you. Right. It's 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 up to the player. You know, it's up to the player to decide what they want to do within any of their communities. And, um, and, it, and it's doable. That's the bigger part. Absolutely. I think a lot of people think it's not doable, but it's, a lot of stuff is very doable. Yeah, I mean, anyone can do it. You just need to pick what lane you're going to be in and then just send it, put all your effort into that. And it's like you're going to succeed eventually. And it, success means different things to different people. It might mean you learned from that thing and were able to change lanes into something else. But overall it's still be worth your time to just invest yourself into something like that yes yes <laughs> all right well to split up this conversation we did last time with our last guest um uh, adam with the review we kind of did some like quick questions in between and just on the spot all so right. um quick questions got you yes all right so what is your favorite yo-yo shape uh butterfly classic okay what is your favorite yo-yo player only one <laughs> I know you're gonna have like a list. So one one player that motivates you the most. Mm. Um probably Ruyan Rui Wen from my crew. 
I'm okay. not sure. I can't pronounce their names right. <laughs> I know I can't. <laughs> All right. They're twins, in, so in I, your... I, I, they, that counts. One. <laughs> okay. In your 2003 freestyle, what led you to the decision to beatbox instead of using music? The requirement of the, of the division. It was artistic performance. So you had to have about 70% be specifically off of your artistry integrated with 30% of the yo-yo. Um, I had dabbled a little bit with beatbox prior and I thought I could pull it off. So it seemed, it seemed like a decent idea to try. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. You don't see stuff like that. And I'm like, I need to ask why thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah yeah i haven't even thought of, i never got that question that's a good question okay well that that was a little flash around there i really just wanted some closure to that because i've never seen it before and i thought it was something cool i stumbled upon on youtube so moving along a little bit outside of just your your yo-yo career so far when did you find kendama you said you've been playing for 20 years when did that happen oh man um last uh March, April, May, June. Sometime around, I think it was June-ish, I, I decided to give it a try. Um, basically, the long and the short is, I, I was very more, I was pretty verbally anti-Kendama at yo-yo contests, not on forums or nothing crazy like that, only because I wanted to jam with my friends. I wanted to play yo-yo at contests. And when Kendama hit yo-yo, you, there was like no yo-yo at contest anymore, yeah. and I was just like, "Ah, oh, put down the damn Kendama!" Like, you know, it's just like, "Come on, I want to play yo-yo." <laughs> but um, but yeah, eventually, you know, as as I started to kind of diversify the different product offerings at Markmont Shop, the idea came up to do um, Kendama string, and that's coming, as well as some other Kendama products. But I, it can me up to the idea of. One, bringing on other players across other mediums or crafts versus just having Mark Mount Rep be only yo-yo. And then from having our collective group be, you know, more skill toy players, you know, and, and just kind of the, the blend of things, um, it made me a lot more open to, to trying multiple different skill toys. I got to a certain point with Fully Freestyle where I was like, man, this is great, but I'm like, I'm in my own world and it's way too intense. I enjoy this almost too much. I'm too addicted to this. Like, so I was like, I need to park this so I can focus on whatever else. And once I did that, I, my hands were like, nah, what are you talking about? We want to do stuff. And I hit up, um, I, I just started doing, I felt like my ability with fully freestyle got to a certain point of control with the string that I was like, all right, what happens if the yo-yo's dead? Okay. What happens if it's just the string and it's a loop? And I was like, yo, I can do something with this. And I was talking with my homies and it was like, yo, put a ball on the string. And I was like, all right. And I put the ball on the string. I was like, all right, I could do something with that. And then I tried putting two Tamas on opposite sides of a singular string. And that's what became the prototype for a toy, a modular toy I have coming called Abacus. And then around that time, people were telling me about Matt from Around Square and his finger-based, uh, you know, toys and whatnot, beggary yeah, and all that. Cool guy. Yeah, awesome guy. Shout out. So I hit, I hit him up to order some stuff, and he sent me an awesome care package. But in the, in the meantime, I just kept messing with different skill toys and stuff. And when I got that package, you know, I had already, like, ordered a Kendama, and I got, I got his package of just options and stuff. And it just, everything just kind of exploded from there. I just, like, got just fully enthralled with, with Dama, Beglery, you know, knuckle rollers, fidget, just 
everything. Dally song. Like it just it just kind of exploded from that point forward. I think I think once I started to hit like a meet like once I got like a couple nice spikes, you know, on the more modern shapes, I was just like, Yeah, yeah, this is <laughs> this this is this this is something right here. I, I I think I I think I could jazz with this. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I just yeah, it just kind of tumbled after that. Just kind of tumbled after that. Okay, so because that was my next question, like what sparked the interest in like all the skill toys and your interest in all of them? So it really was one and the same of getting into Kanama. Oh yeah. So another thing to call attention to, um, as I you know monitored Instagram, Trick Circle, just a bunch of different channels. Eventually, I saw a clip of Don Ye, also Mark Mont Rep. Shout out Don Ye. Um, and he was using long string and he was going super low. And really me seeing his style and his flow is really what pushed me over the edge where I was like, yo, I got, that's, the, it, this looks different. You know, it's just like, I don't know. That's kind of nice, right? <laughs> and I, um, you know, we got to jib jabbing it up and we, you know, we've, we've, we, we had some really good conversations leading up to me eventually, you know, deciding to try Adama. Um, he also made mention of, you know, Adrian and, uh, and, and showing up Chris, you know, and, uh, you know, then from just kind of keeping optics on them, you know, eventually I decided to try like a Kandama, a pill, you know, and just, just give it a, give it a shot. Cause I was impressed. I was like, yo, look at that. <laughs> like, look at what they do. And this is different. <laughs> like it's, it's come a ways, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, it's, it's really, yeah, it's really my, it's really the crew, you know, the, the, the crew really is what kind of influenced me on that. Yeah. And Donye, a great guy and him and everyone in like the spike hard cash low culture is really turning Kanama into a performance art rather than just a ball and cup game. And I can see how that could um, spark a lot of interest for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 So yeah. now that, what would you consider now as, I mean, obviously yo-yoing is your number one thing. What would your top three be though, as far as interest? Ooh, uh, skill toy wise? Yeah, skill toy. And then we can go into like other things. Yeah. Ooh, that's really hard. Um, I would say... I'm I'm looking at a plot of mad toys. Um, <laughs> I would say, I would say yo-yo. I'll say yo-yo. Kendama. Yo-yo is definitely number one. Uh, Kendama's, it barely edges a number two. And then like the third spot is is tough. That's like probably... Beglary slash butterfly knife. That's oh. a tough one. Are they kind like, of interchangeable? Yeah, like finger, like beglary, like beglary knuckle rollers, bally song, pen spinning. That's object manipulation. There we go. Yeah. I would say that. Like object okay. manipulation. If I had to, yeah, probably object I manipulation. I haven't messed with bally song in forever. Fun fact: I used to um, be sponsored by Monkey Finger for beglary. Oh, look at that. Um, I definitely need to start messing around with the round square stuff though again because it's like I, I'm the same way where it's like way too many interests and I want to go all in on all of them you know it's tough it's tough and don't even get me started once you start creating toys that don't exist man you ain't ready <laughs> yeah, you ain't even ready problems problems <laughs> so problems. outside of skill toys what would, are your like top three um, interests for life communication I think communication is a major, I don't know if you've watched Westworld, but that's, that's one of my cornerstones, right? Communication. It's a biggie. Um, dancing is, is big. I'm really into freestyle house, which is essentially just 
house as well as you know freestyle dance and the improvis improvisation kind of spin of both of those two mediums of dance um freestyle rap a lot of people don't know that i i rap <laughs> um but yeah those those are those are biggies um music's been a a big part of my life i think that kind of comes through with um with kind of the content that i put out but like Music, music is big. It's I don't know where that slots into the rest, but it's involved with all the ones, you know, all the, you know, aforementioned bullets of Cornerstone. Um, but yeah, those are those are some. Those are some. There's many. Well, it but... seems like the common thread is things that are inspired by like freestyle and strengthening that muscle in your brain. Yeah, I think it's like I like things that allow you to take what's inside your 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 sternum and express them outward, and you can feel it almost on some like. You know, it's like I could imagine like a Super Saiyan could feel that energy when they're like about to go Super Saiyan, like, oh, I can feel this. You know what I mean? That's how I feel when it comes to me doing the things that I do, whether that's, you know, whether that's communication or dancing or playing with a yo-yo, playing with a kendama. I feel like it's a chance for me to do something cool, but feel something cool and awesome to me as well. And that's one thing that's like very compelling for me about fully improvised play with anything because you're you're experiencing it and you're feeling it for the like you're just as much the fan of it like you're the observer of it as much as you are the doer of it so yeah i think that kind of that's that that natural like you're doing something that you perceive as cool and you're feeling it too and it's just that constant circle of that that's that that that's that's just super addictive super insatiable if you will <laughs> Yeah, it's like kind of like, oh my goodness, I just did that. And everyone yes. else on the other side of the screen is like, oh my gosh, you just did that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Got to just walk away. Like, I'm putting that down. I got to go. Like, it's yeah. too much. It's too much. Um, so I wanted this a lot. And so for you, being like yo-yoing is like this big entity that you've been a part of and have a, a pretty large name and, and brand in. Do you ever feel like how... Um, do you separate things? Like if you're spreading yourself too thin, do you ever, like, how do you combat feelings like that? <laughs> you cry, you go sit in the corner, <laughs> you cry and then you pick yourself up and you keep going. And I, and I say that jokingly, but I, I mean that, you know what I mean? I think, um, I think a lot of people think that what people do, it just comes smoothly and it comes easily. Everybody has their challenges and their go-throughs, right? I, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no different. You know, the, the juggle of things, oh, I, I juggle, that's fun. <laughs> but uh, the juggle of things is, 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 is challenging, it's straining, it, it breaks you down. You literally have to break yourself down and rebuild yourself up to be able to you know, continue to do this. If you wanna do everything that you wanna do, include like the fun stuff, right? There's the stuff you gotta do, and then there's, then there's the stuff that you wanna do. If you wanna smash it all together and get that balance proper, it's going to take you everything you got. It's going to take you everything you got, you know? Mm -hmm. So the, ba the balance is believing you can get it balanced and allowing yourself to accept everything that comes with it. I would say, I would say when me and Will decided to start Markmont Shop, um, getting into that side of, of business, like when you, when you enact a payroll for the first time, that's when life shows you, oh, no, you ain't ready. Like, you thought you was this, you thought you, nah, no, <laughs> like, you're wrong, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, you know, business, you know, business is business, you know, there's a lot that comes with that that you might not be comfortable doing that you have to do, or you, 
or you got to get it to a certain ability before you can massage it into something a lot more, you know, a lot more approachable and more feasible. Um, figuring out infrastructure, figuring out, figuring out your own life's infrastructure, as well as the infrastructure of other things, right? That's the whole, the whole spread of it all is, is tough. You got to want it, right? You got to want it. You got to love it, right? I didn't pick, you know, I didn't, I didn't decide to have a skill toy shop because, or I'm sorry, a variety shop, right? It's not just skill toys. Um, I didn't pick that, you know, because I was like, oh, I love yo-yo so much. I was like, no, I want to do this, but I also have to do it with this because this is something that I've done the longest in my life. It's something that I love a dramatic amount. You know, it's something that I think regardless of any of the go through, I will proceed to do the work and keep it moving. You know, if you pick something that you just sort of kind of like, or you just think it's going to be good for the money, you're, you're, you'll never make it. You won't even come close. Like, you won't come close. You won't come close, you know? And I, I think that's really what it is. It's a matter of, of really kind of sharpening up your gut and deciding what it is that you're going to do, picking what it is that you're going to do, what you're going to truly put into your life. How are you going to organize your apartment or your home so the right things are accessible so you can get to them? You got to make time and you got to make space and placement for the things that you love, whether that's your kids, your wife, your husband, your partner, et cetera, et cetera, that yo-yo, the kendama, those shiny wheels, whatever it is, whatever it is for you. Like you have to actually make the, the concerted effort to make time to get it into your life. If it matters, you got to make it matter and you got to make it sustainable. Um, and ultimately, it's just a matter of me wanting that. I want my life the way I want it, right? I have mm -hmm. mean goals, right? I, I, I want to be able to buy my grandmother's house back so I can gift that to my mother. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to have financial freedom and not have a boss. I currently don't have a boss. I love that, right? That took a lot, right? I want to be able to, you know, go on vacations and not have to worry about business. Like, these things count to me. I want to be able to make societal impact, you know, for all races, all people, right? These are things that matter to me, right? You have to, you have to decide what it is you love, what you like, what you don't like, what needs to go away, what you need to sharpen, all of it, all of it. Make it matter because it does matter, right? You need to first accept that these things matter and then it's a matter of, and then it's a matter of it enacting that. Um, that's, that's how I make it work. It's, it's, not, it's not clean. It's very raw. <laughs> It's rough. It hurts. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of heart. There's a lot of emotions. You know, there's a lot of learning lessons. There's a lot of accountability, right? You got to know when to apologize for making a mistake, right? That's, that's a biggie. Oh, and you better do it timely. Why? Because if you don't do it timely, it might spin into anxiety, right? There's, it just goes. It just goes. The circle yeah. goes. No pun intended. That, I feel like a lot of people will resonate with that because I know for myself, like I've been playing Kanalma for coming up on 10 years now and owning pineapple for about seven and I, I think it were our own worst critics i always feel like i own pineapple like and if i try to do anything else it's like no no, no you play Kendama. like that's what you do i like, guess you're not allowed to do anything else and like i you can't help those feelings though like the, the thoughts still come in your head and like i was just sitting there recently just like you know as a kid there was nothing more i wanted to be than to some level in yo-yoing like be a professional yo-yo player sponsored and Kendama took me on this great journey. And now, like, I've already built this, like, sustainable business. I'm like, why couldn't I be a professional video player, you know? And yes. I think there's no, if you want to like, spend the time in it, there's no lane that you can't go down. 
You can literally do whatever you want. Like, a lot of times people talk themselves out of doing either fun things or doing things that they might think they might not want to do, or but it could be very lucrative or open up another opportunity opportunity for them based off of what they're saying in their head, which is generally implied by or inferred by somebody else's cliche statement or what the most common core statement against that is, you know, in society, right? I don't think anybody, like when I said, oh, I'm gonna do a storefront, I'm gonna do, you know, I'm gonna do Mark Mont Shop. I think everybody, you know, would have probably been like, oh yeah, where are you gonna open it up in Atlanta? Everybody would have been like that. They wouldn't have been like, oh, you should open that up in Eugene, Oregon, right? It's like, nah, like, yeah, you can't, you have to decide what works for you, right? And not worry about what everybody else is saying and truly believe and accept and receive that you can make that thing happen, right? You need to figure out how to track on your own word, make your word count, right? I only speak on what I know. I don't speak on what I don't know. And if I don't know, I say, I just don't know. But I know somebody that do know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to really figure some things out and get those things locked in. So for me, it's very much a matter of, like, like I'll only 100% gamble on myself, right? It's only, I only ever fully trust myself to gamble on myself because I know what that looks like. I know I'm not going to just not do what I said I'm going to do. No, I'm going to do it. Whether it's this year, next year, you know, the next year, whatever, I'm going to do it, right? It, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's based off of what I want, what I need, or something that's good for me. These are good things, or good for people. Any of those four. If it's any of those four or all of those four, then I'm going to do it, you know? And, uh, yeah, you just can't let people be in your ear about, about, about nothing, right? Like, cat, like I said, cats are going to... Cats are going to say what they say. Cats are going to talk trash. Cats are going to always try to pour a little bit of acid on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's, it's up to you to decide what matters. And don't be too swayed by nobody else's preferences or statements or, oh, you should do it like this. You should do it like that. Don't do it like this. Because, right, the, the craft of infrastructure is very important. Figuring out how to make something work for you. you that's your process. you got to figure yeah. out what your process looks like, right? Like, and, and honestly, if you, and if it's looking like, Dang, I can't play these seven key roles of the 10 that I need to do this thing if we're talking business. Well, maybe it means you need to bring on some help. Maybe you can figure out how to do something you do want to remix those funds to then bring on a homie. Now your homie's getting some pay pay and that's cool. It's always good, right? And you're getting some assistance to be able to do what it is you're trying to do, right? Yeah. Team effort. I don't just do this myself. It's not a one-man team. By any means, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's a few little pieces on that topic. And I think whenever we get, like, negative criticism, you always have to remember people don't know what is in your head. Like, that mm. concept that's so crystal clear, they have no idea of the potential. So you really shouldn't let that um, change your mind at all because you are the one who can make it happen, and you're the only one that already sees it for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I mean... You just gotta, yeah. You just gotta. You just got track, man. You gotta track. You gotta we all, track. And we all get the like the days that we're not motivated ourselves, or people aren't. When I, when I started, started pineapple, the, it was before there were micro brands, really. Like it, we had Konami USA, Konami Co. Rest in peace. Um, sweets and Crom was like still like they were bigger, but not quite as big as those. And that was it. So like the idea of starting a Konami brand 
then was not really talked about, but they didn't have the idea that I had. So maybe something that like a listener right now is doing, or with you having like a shop that can feature all of your interests, most people um, would be like, mm, you need to kind of pick your niche. You need to like, you have one thing, but you already had in your head, like, no, 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 like this could work. Like I know exactly how it's gonna look. So just like, yeah. you have to remind yourself of that along the way. Yeah, 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 that's a biggie. I, I, I love that. Like you have to, yo, receive your roses and smell them too right and then take some photos right and then put them in an album book you need to like you need to like you need to know what you got right for your own self and 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 the and the you talking to yourself side of it but other people are going to support some things that call attention to some stuff as well and sometimes it's very it's very very vital that you drum that up from the from the from the dust of your mind and from your emotions in, in, in a moment where it feels like, I don't know, this is hurts, this is hard, this is this, right? You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta bring it all out on the plate to really like see what it really is and how that truly maps out versus what somebody might say or what you, your dang self might be thinking. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a biggie, that's a biggie. Yeah, and if the person giving you the negative criticism isn't where you want to be, then you're not, you don't have much <laughs> to gain to listen to that. Yo, that's a good one. Be very mindful over who you choose to listen to when it comes to advice, counsel, and all things of the such. Because, yeah, it's a little funky to be re receiving advice and, and counsel from a person that has nowhere near touched what it is you're trying to touch, let alone if they're far from where you're at in the thing, <laughs> you know, compared to you, right? That, so it's like, it's not to, it's not to just doo-doo on people's opinions and all that jazz, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, get around people that are better than you, that are experienced, that have some good things to bring to the table, that are progressive, that have some positive things to bring to the table, as well as from time to time, some critical, right? But yeah. like, you know, I think a major, a major impact for me, you know, it kind of like makes me emotional just thinking about it every time I talk about this is, you know, my homie Kia Babzani, Self-Edge, you know, you know, he used to run Anti-Yo with his partner, uh, Sonny. And, um, you know, me and him got cool after I came off of a tour uh, with, um, with, with, the Fast, with Fast 201, which was Yo-Yo Factory and uh, Hasbro. I, um, I needed a spot to crash for the Bay Area Classic Yo-Yo Contest. I believe it was like 2004. No, it was 2005, summer of 2005. And I just threw up a quick blurb on, on the yoyoing.com slash news forum. I was like, hey, y'all, I need a spot to crash. I want to come to BAC for the first time. He threw up the flag. I, I rolled through, very accommodating, and that's how I met Kia. But me and Kia just clicked, and Kia was already on his own path, his own speed, his own everything. He completely changed that. Him and Sonny, you know, with Antio, they completely changed how yo-yoing like moved when it came to the look, the coolness, the marketing. Like there wasn't a whole lot of two-tone yo-yos. It seems like such a menial thing now, but back then that that wasn't a thing. Right. It wasn't they, we didn't have that like kind of streetwear kind of implementation into the Johns. Right. You had certain cats like they might, you know, like like whip TD Freak, Sid, like they might bring some art to a contest to sell, you know, or or, or I might bring some handkerchiefs to sell at Worlds. Like you had cats dabbling in stuff, just trying to be fly or whatever. But Anti-Yo kind of brought it and like legitimized it into the mainstream. Right. And ultimately, like being around Kia and, 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 and having his having his you know his statements and his taste 
and his perspective in the optics of him doing his businesses, you know, from, you know, from Antio to turf to now self edge, you know, and just watching that and kicking it with him like twice a year and just kind of just juicing him for everything he's got. That made a large impact on me, it made a large impact on me, like it expanded my taste in music, expanded my, my taste in, 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 in clothing and, and how to do business and like watching. I remember watching him anytime I, anytime I go out to visit him out West, I would, you know, I'd be at, we eventually would be back at his crib before it's like time to kick it or he's, he's, or before it's time to go to bed, he'd hop on his computer and just be rifling through form replies, multiple form replies, fielding, you know, customer service replies, completing orders, you know, solving this issue, like just, just killing it and talking with me. Like it's nothing like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, what? I would never do that. Be careful what you say. You're not ever going to do because I do all of that now. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's what's required. But yeah, I just use that example to illustrate, like, you got to be really critical over who you choose to keep in your circle and who you choose to pull influence from. That's that's large. Like, yo, have people across the whole range, whether that's people you're helping out, people that you vibe with just because you vibe with them, and people that are like, this league's ahead of you in, in all ways that, you know, naturally make you feel like trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have that, that yin and yang. You know, you got to have the human humans. You got to have the business business. And then you got to have the cast that's like on the same page with you. It's, it's all one and the same. Like, it's, like, it's like a good gumbo. You, you better put a dash of salt in that. It's like, come on. I know that might not be good for you, but you need just that dash, right? Like every, every ingredient counts. Just like an outfit. The socks count, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, the necklace counts. The ring counts. The, you know, everything counts. You know, mm -hmm. it all counts. It always all counts. I think and my tip for anyone is you, you pick those certain people and it usually helps if you say it, it's a variety, the one that's critically honest, or maybe it's one that's like around your same skill level and it's someone that's ahead of you. Keep that circle and like listen critically to what they're saying when it comes to criticism and then just tune out the rest. Because like they're gonna push you forward, but the guy who you look on his account on Instagram saying you're trash, and he has like a video of him yo-yoing like four years ago on it and that's it. Like, you don't really need to like take that to heart, you know? No, no, you don't. And it's hard not to, it's hard to distill that away. It's hard to fragment the statement, the acid, you know, away from the, the, the person behind it. You know, that's a, yeah. that's a biggie. Um, I mean, it's like you're trash and you look and it's like, oh man, that's like Jake Weens, even though he would never, anyone who has any like credibility <laughs> would never say that. But yeah. like, then you're like, Okay, I probably need to listen to what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, another one thing I'll call attention to. I won't, I won't belabor the point, but you know, I grew up, I grew up in the north. Um, I, I, I had a chance to, to get blunted into, into objectivity, um, fast because the standard of all things was high. Um, you know, if it was art, music dance, education, intellectualism, communication, speech, writing, all of it, all of it, like theater, all of that stuff, sports, you know, academics, the, the pedigree was and still is incredibly high. When I went to, you know, when I had a chance to go to EBS, like I had friends that were quantifiably better than me at everything. Everything, you know, like I, I didn't, I didn't go through school and have like an easy time. I had to have an extra class on my schedule for reading comprehension from elementary school 
through middle school. Like it wasn't, everything wasn't just smooth sailing, right? Like one of my best friends, um, he got like a perfect score on his PSATs in ninth grade, you know, and his, you know, his parents gifted him, a, a, you know, a Sony Vio laptop. I'm like, when you have that in your face, you're not about to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm nice like that. Nah, you're gonna, you're gonna feel trash like that. <laughs> you know, like you, you're gonna feel trash like that. So, you know, that, that whole thing gave me a really good opportunity to humble myself and to really see how things mapped out as it pertained to me and everybody else and everything else. It was like, where do you actually stack, right? By the time I got to SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, I had had enough experience to know where to look. It wasn't like, yeah, look left to right, forward to backward, but also look up. Who's at the top, right? I wasn't just comparing myself around the, you know, the cats in my school. I was like, by standard, yes. I better be better than everybody in my class, period, by the time I graduate. That's happening. But also, yes, this needs to compare to the best of what I'm viewing from other designers. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, I have a poster that's signed over there by one of the best designers of all time, Massimo Vignelli. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you comparing your stuff to, right? Like, if you're constantly being stretched by the top, then you're going to get to the top faster, right? And you're going to just be a lot more well-rounded in what is truly tracking forward and up. So that's a, that's a, that's a big one. You got to keep it real with yourself. And, you know, that's, that's just big. You got to keep it real. Got to keep it real. Absolutely. I think that's for Kanawha players and Yoga players, that was definitely some, some bars that I think that's like the real side of a creative outlet that people just don't really talk about generally. Yeah. I think a lot of people assume that people are just talented. Don't be wrong. I hate that. People. I hate the word but, gifted. Like, oh, he's gifted. And they don't see the hours of work that yeah. he spent mastering his craft, you know? Yeah, like, you don't. You don't. They, and, like, plies are just shortcut to greatness. Mm-hmm. When mm -hmm. they, there isn't. You have to, it's the late nights in your room just trying to, like, perfect that trick. And that's what it is for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, in, like, the kind of, like, the last thing I really want to talk about, um, with yo-yoing and Kendama, um, really any large sport like this, um, there's sponsorships. And yes. it seems to be some people either care a lot about or don't care about it at all. <sighs> I yeah. want to know what your perspective, what um, is important in a sponsor and what you love about your personal sponsor, OneDraw. Yes. The two players that I called attention to that are my favorite players right now are not sponsored. I'll start there. I'm going to start there. Don't you can want to get sponsored as a, oh, that would be handy. That would be cool. That would be an opportunity. I jive with this brand. I want to rep that brand. I already dig these products. So boom, 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 it makes sense, right? You can have, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, of course, like I wanted that, you know, but ultimately I had other things way, 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 way hardcore in my pineal gland as it pertains to value, right? I was like, it was about the tricks. That's, I got into it because of the tricks. I didn't get into it to compete. I didn't even know there was competitions. Sponsorship, I didn't know nothing about that. That wasn't a thing. I mean, it was a thing, but I didn't know about that until 2000. Mm -hmm. So I had years of just focusing on what I liked about the actual craft, which was the tricks, the flow, you know, the style, all that. Like all the stuff that, you know, to me should always stay much more further in the front seat. You know what I'm saying? I think that a lot of players these days, especially younger cats, not all, but a lot, 
get really wrapped up on wanting to get sponsored and 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 wanting to win and wanting this that you know just wanting that and it's like no nah, don't don't worry about that just work, work concern yourself with with getting nice you know don't stress enjoy the process of getting good right enjoy the toy right like that's mm-hmm. that's what it's a, that's what it's about you could what was so awesome about you know yo-yo contest i mean still now but what was really awesome about yo-yo contest model back in the day was that like you could come in hot off the street nobody you ain't nobody who was you step up there and win you could win you know what i mean like you could you could edge out these legends because you were able to get through the trick ladder and now you on stage you know what i mean that can happen like that you know but then again it's like on top of that it's like even if you do win how do you stack up against that person that might just not have been at the contest or yeah. might just not have gotten to the finals or just doesn't even want to compete or chooses not to compete anymore, right? Like, that's where I, that's where I staked the, the kind of value structure. I was like, nah, I want to I wanna, I wanna enjoy it like I enjoy it. That counts. I want to learn these dope tricks from these dope players and develop a good style and a good flow. That counts, right? Like, make it about those guts. Don't make it about the sponsor. That, the sponsorship, the offers and all that jazz, that'll come if you do your thing. You know, and if it doesn't come your way, if you already nice like that, as soon as you reach out, there should be no problems. You know what I mean? At this, you know, in this day and age, brands want people that are going to make their product look good so they can sell and they can keep doing their thing. Right. They, they're, they're, there's always going to be opportunities to be able to get sponsored and all that. But like, just get good and then actually enjoy the toy. Like, that's what you're here for. Like, yeah. do not come here to compete. Like, if you want to compete, cool. That should not be your thing. Oh, I'm going to do this because I want to be the best. No, no, no. For one, you're not going to be. You're not going to be. You know what I mean? There is no best. There, there will never be a best. You know, there, that's just not going to happen. And for two, when it comes to, like, being sponsored, be careful. Why? Because if you don't know your, your dang self well enough and know the, the layout well enough, you might get gobbled up by that, by that team's brand. And now you don't really have any true representation and delineation of yourself as a brand and as a, as a person in the game, you know, you know, compared to the actual sponsored team, right? That's a, that's a big one. I know, I know plenty of juggernauts that don't get much props because they're gobbled up by the visibility of the sponsor. And that's not cool. You know what I mean? Like you want to, you want to maintain proper focus and proper representation of self. You need to represent yourself in every instance that you're in. Even if it's not yo-yo or kendama or any skill toy. When it comes to being on the job, you want a company to bring you on because they want you. They want the whole you. They don't just want your services. They want you, right? I made sure that as I was going from company to company, it was known. I got my hands on a lot of stuff. I'm a package deal. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? It's like, it's the chips ahoy and it's the milk in the glass. You know what I mean? It's all glass. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you got to get that, right? And it's like, if you don't do that, then it's going to really keep you stifled from being able to make much bigger pivots, uh, you know, along your career as an artist or as a business person, you know, or as a whatever. Like, make it about the tricks. Make it about what you enjoy. Make it about the flow. Make it about the style. Don't worry about the dials and the sponsorship. You know what I mean? If you're going to be sponsored, pick somebody who you truly rock with. Actually talk with them to see what their morals and ethics are, right? Like, you don't want to be unequally yoked, you know, with persons that don't align with you. That synchronicity is important, right? Make sure you enjoy the products they produce 
right? The only time I ever, I switched, I was on about, I think like six or so different crews, sponsorships, et cetera. I switched only when another sponsored, when another team, or sorry, when another company had a product that I wanted to compete with or I wanted to use more on a regular basis, right? It wasn't because of any money or, or, or any visibility or none of that. You know, I went from, uh, you know, I went from Duncan to Omega only because it was an opportunity for me to get to more yo-yo contests. And I made sure to communicate. That's another thing. If you're going to switch from one sponsor to another, yo, talk to people. Be real. Be honest. You know, be, you know, don't just, don't, don't, don't be whack. You know what I'm saying? Like talk, right? So it's like, I, I, I talked with Steve Brown when I, when I was thinking about making that transition, I was real with him, you know, even though I was only whatever, 16, 17 at the time, I was like, Hey man, like, you know, I'm just calling a spade a spade. I got this opportunity with your mega, you know what I'm saying? I'll be able to go to more contests. You know, I'm not trying to be like that, but this is just what it is. And he was cool with that, you know, and I, you know, that's how, that's when I pivot, you know, when I was, I was on your mega, for a good chunk of time, but then fast forward, you know, you had Dave Bazan, you know, step away from Spintastics and start his small shop called Buzz On Industries and just wreck it. You know, he came in and he brought some awesome yo-yos and the SPR kit, which is what drastically impacted, you know, modern yo-yos. A lot of people don't understand that. You know, we wouldn't have Delrin yo-yos function the way they function without Dave Bazan's SPR kit, which is essentially a spate of brass, eventually aluminum as well spacer kit that lets you modify the yo-yos of that time with a big or medium-sized bearing you couldn't there was no other way to do it right so like his yo-yos and his tech were just awesome and i was like as soon as i tried the element x pro i was just like man i can't, I can't use these no more like this is just it's just too dope i was like hey sorry guys i gotta go you know and and it was the same thing when it came to you know buzz on to one drop and the reason why you know, the reason why I love One Drop is because it, it, I get a chance to work with them and make the yo-yos that I love the most. Like, they make the yo-yo exactly how I want it, you know? And, you know, that's, that's, that's just at the front door of it. You know, it's like they have the yo-yos that I prefer the most. Um, objectively, I think that they produce the best quality machining and quality material and quality design in the yo-yo game. That's just personally how I feel. No offense to no other brands. There's plenty of brands that make awesome stuff. But um, I personally think that they make the best products. Um, they, you know, they treat me good. You know, Sean and David, are the, they're, the, they're the homies. You know, I go out there, you know, once a year um, after PNWR yo-yo contest. And then I drive up to, to their shop. And me and Sean, we sit down and we, and we get into the CAD. Hey, what do you think if we pull this, we pull this, we pull this? You know what I mean? And we work and we, and we get stuff done. You know, it's a, it's a great process. You know, like there's open communication on the team channel. Cats uh, is cool on the team. Like shout out to the One Drop team. Really, really awesome crew. That's not so heck, you know, bent on winning and con and contest and and competing. Not every most of the people on our crew don't compete, and I love that. Yo, just jam, just vibe. You know, that's awesome. Having, you know, it seems it seems like a small thing, but having the comfort in the team structure and in the um, agreement of your of your of your deal, you know, if you could even call it that to be able to just jam with products you like. That's awesome, yeah. right? That's, that's a phenomenal thing. Not, not having to put up content and having to compete and, and, and all that. Like, that's a, that's a big one. I, I, I just want to jam, you know what I'm saying? I want to jam with Cool Cats, you know? And, um, oh, shout out Cool Cats NFT. It's my homie Elu um, and, his, and his folks. But, um, but yeah, man, like, yeah, one drop. Yes, they, they, they make my products. I love their products. I think their products are the best. Um, I love my crew. 
Um, and um, yeah, I mean, they're just two awesome dudes doing really awesome stuff. I mean, what more is what more is there to say? You know, what, yeah, what, what, what could you ask important for? Important to know what you want out of a sponsor, and not just like I want a sponsor. Yeah, like, <laughs> if you're doing a good job, a sponsorship will come your way that will wreck your career if you want to try it because their yeah. products might not be what's best for you. I, and that's where I think um, I'm a big like supporter of just brand loyalty in general. And yeah. if someone is like putting in the work and making a product you enjoy, just rep it a ton. And then whatever you think in your head, you feel like you need to be doing once you're sponsored. Why aren't you already doing that now for the brand? Because a sponsorship in its purest form is you rep the company so the company can make a little more money and then you get the leverage of being a part of that company. That's yeah. it. So all okay. the work is on you like yeah. as the player to keep pushing yourself. So you really, you could already be doing that now. Fantastic strategy. Rep that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if you, if you really feel like you match that brand and you really want to represent that brand, just rep that brand, you know? Get nice and rep that brand. They'll notice. They'll notice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they'll notice. For me, like, I know that, like, for me, when it comes to, like, what I take notice of, like, I take notice of tricks, elements, style, flow, all that across all mediums. If I think it's fresh, I don't care how many, how many follows you have, how much buzz you have. You can have one post and that joint hitting. I'm putting on, you know, I'm putting on that music and I'm throwing that thing up there. Tag, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, so, like, yeah, you're right. Great strategy. Like, rep the brand and just do good. Yeah. And if anyone usually hits me up on the pineapple DMs, that's like the exact response I'm giving. Cause it's yeah. like, if you like our products, that's great. And I thank you so much for the support. Just send it now. And we'll definitely notice, like we're not that big of a community where you're going to go and see, you know? Right. Right. And I'm sure Yo-Yo Wing's larger than Kanoma, but it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, um, I mean, this is a great conversation. I'm super happy we had the, the chance to talk. Yeah, man, this is awesome. I appreciate you. This has been great. I mean, it's, even though you're in the yo-yo community and I'm in the Kendama, it feels like there's so much of the same eye to eye in both communities. And I think it's just the way all yeah, communities man. are. There is. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been really heartwarming and really awesome to kind of find my way in the, uh, in the Kendama community. Um, like, just seeing anytime, anytime a brand that I respect you know, shares any of my content or tags me or is like best spikes in the game. And I'm like, yo, I'm still learning. Like me? You know, I'm just like, thanks. You know, or, you know, just off of a, a, a totally unrelated, you know, comment that I make on, you know, on FKC and someone's like, yo, Mark, where's the content? I need your content. Like, it's this, ah, like, I, I love it. Like, I, I'm, I'm very buttered by how the Kendama community has has treated me in with my little bit of tenure in it you know i i joined um i forget which particular um international world level kandama live event was happening last year um but I, I stepped into the youtube live chat for just like 10 minutes and i'm just chilling there like okay cool watching and then eventually one of the um you know one of the hosts is like oh and mark mont's here mark mont's a yo-yo player oh he might be a new kandama player i'm like oh my goodness did it say my name like they, what you know it's just like oh my like what is this <laughs> so like yeah man just i just wanted to give a, a major major hardcore shout out and thanks to everybody that's you know just welcome me into this lane I, I love it i'm not going nowhere i've invested a lot of thousands of dollars in kandamas so i really ain't going nowhere <laughs> you know and uh you know i'm just as addicted to this even though my knees do not uh like me anymore 
um, I'm just as addicted to, addicted to this as I am, you know, yo-yo and all of the skill toys. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we're here, man, and we're happy to see your progression. And I think it's a great thing for people to see um, that you have to start somewhere. Since you, you said you've always had, like, already had a world title in yo-yoing, but you still have to learn spike and big cup just like the rest yeah. of Yeah. It ain't nobody too old or too tenured to get whack again. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, thank you so much again for hopping on. I'm really happy with this conversation. I think this should have resonated with a lot of people, regardless of even if they're not even into yo-yo or Kanama. Uh, if they just want to be able to make what they want happen that they have in their head, I think they could have taken something from this. So yeah, thanks man. again, dude. Yeah, man, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, we'll see everyone else in the next episode. And Mark, we'll see you next time, man. Thank you. Yep, and much respect.